I'm Haley, and I have seven years in the program, I don't know the date, of 2010. And um, before I start, I want to thank the committee for asking me to speak. It means a lot that I get to be here and with you all. And I also want to thank Tammy for making sure that I have everything that I need, and I really appreciate that. Um, so, okay. I'm nervous, so just bear with me. <laughs> Um, my parents split when I was three, um, so me and my mom moved back to Newport, Kentucky, and my dad stayed in Cleveland. And um, my mom, as I was growing up, I don't really remember her really being around that much, um, but I know when she was around, she slept a lot, and she was pretty, like, angry at the world. And I didn't understand why at that time, and so that was kind of rough. My grandparents were there and you know so um, that just kind of I don't know I just was really nervous a lot and anxious and I don't know how that really went so um, um, yeah I'm really nervous <laughs> um, so you know like I said she wasn't around a lot and I remember this one time it was really late and I was young and I was supposed to be asleep and I remember my grandma left the house phone in the hallway. So I thought, I'm going to get them. I didn't, she wasn't at home. I didn't know where she was, so I called her. And I said, hey, Mom, where you at? She's like, I'm at a wedding. And I just sat there quiet while she was on the other end of the phone, and I hung up. And I just kind of sat there like. So I went to sleep. And I don't think she remembers that story. I can see the look on her face. She looks really confused. <laughs> but I remember that story. It's very vivid in my mind. And so... Yeah, I went to bed, and I remember she used to say, I'm going to go get some water. I couldn't sleep upstairs by myself, partially because I was scared of the dark, and I didn't want to be up there alone. And so she'd say, I'm going to go get some water. And then I would hear her say, someone go upstairs with Haley. i got to go. And then I would hear the front door close, and I was up there by myself, and I would not go to sleep until someone. So that was crazy. <laughs> um, and I can also remember when... My mom and dad, at first, they did not have a good relationship at all. They would argue constantly. So I remember one time um, I was inside of the house, and my mom was outside on the porch talking to my dad on the phone, and I could just hear her yelling at him from inside. And that scared me because I thought, well, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want them to argue. I just want, you know, my dad and mom to be happy and Apparently, I don't remember this, but my grandma would sometimes come pick me up in Columbus. We meet in the middle whenever I go up there. And she would tell me that I would just cry to her and say, I want my mommy and daddy back together. And I don't remember this, but that's what she tells me sometimes. And I think that I just wanted some sort of family unit. I knew that something was never right, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And I and I would see, you know, moms and dads and their kids, and I thought, why can't I, you know? Why, why do my mom and dad just yell at each other constantly? Um, so um, she eventually met this guy, and um, he was very nice to us. But I was, he had cats, and this is just kind of funny. I'm going to tell this story. He had cats, and I am... When I was younger, I was extremely allergic to cats. And before we'd go, go over there, I would take, like, an allergy pill, go over there and stay the night. And I had a little tent set up in the living room, and I'd sleep in the tent 
just to make sure the cats didn't come like rubbing my face while I was sleeping. And I would wake up and I always, the next morning, my mom would always be like extra like grumpy. And I thought, well, why is she so grumpy? I'm here. I'm, I'm, per- I'm great, you know. <laughs> and so I just, and, you know, so she was really grumpy. And I remember I asked her, hey, can, I, can you hand me that cereal box? I want some cereal. And she just kind of went, here. And I was like, and the last time, the last time that I remember I ever saw her taking a drink of anything alcoholic was a Corona. And we were on the back porch, and my grandparents came over for dinner, and that was the last time I remember seeing her drink. And he actually was the one who told her to go to rehab, and he paid uh, for it. And so he, he, I am grateful that he you know, helped us out with that. And so I was in the third grade when my mom went to rehab. And I remember I left from school, and we drove straight down to Tennessee to where the rehab was. And I remember we got there, and this guy was like, I'm going to show you around the facility so you know, like, what's up? And I just remember thinking, oh, my God, he's a wolf, like a werewolf. <laughs> and <laughs> there was this book series called uh, The Bailey Schoolhouse Kids, and there's, like, werewolf stony potato chips was one of the story. And I just remember he was really, like, hairy, like he had a lot of dark hair on his arms and a mustache, and I was like, oh, my God, he's a werewolf. What do I do? And he was showing us around, and I was just kind of, like, hanging back, like, holding on to my mom. I was like, don't go near him. Don't go. Like, he's a werewolf. And um, he, it turns out he wasn't. Um, <laughs> so so um, that's good. And so I remember we dropped her off. We said our goodbyes, and we left. And... She wouldn't call a lot, and I was angry that she wouldn't call because I wanted to talk to my mom, and I didn't understand why she couldn't call a lot, and that, like, I just thought she doesn't want to call, she doesn't want to talk to me or anyone, like, she's just not calling. Well, now I know that, you know, she couldn't call me that much. It was just the way the facility worked. And um, so she was only supposed to be gone for 30 days, and I thought I was really cool because I had this little calendar on my wall, I was like, I'm going to mark this off until she comes home. And then it got to day 30. And they told us that she needed to stay another 30 days. So I was like, okay. So I marked off the other 30 days. And then they said, well, we're going to need her another 30 days. We just want to make sure. So she was gone for 90 days. And I would mark every day because I wanted to make sure that I knew when she was coming home. And so I would do that. And... um. Eventually, I think she came home around Christmas, and I don't remember much from when she got there to, like, I don't just, I don't remember that whole period for some reason. And so, um, she started going to AA, and she told me that there was an Alateen meeting that she thinks would be good for me, and by this time, I was eight. And so I said, okay. And I didn't really want to go for myself. I just felt obligated to go because you listen to your parents. So when she told me to go to Alateen, I just thought, okay, like, she told me to go. I'll go. Well, she didn't tell me. She asked me, but I said yes. And um, so I said, okay. And I went. My first Alateen meeting was a Monday night meeting. I forget where it is. And so um, um, I went there, and I didn't listen because they didn't know what I went through. They didn't know 
half the things that went on in my life. They didn't know that my parents didn't have a good relationship. They didn't know anything about me, so why should I listen to them talking? So I didn't. And then one day, I started to listen. And I started hearing things that I could relate to, that I understood what they were talking about. And so... At first, I went out of obligation, and eventually I was going because I liked to go. It was a plug. It was an outlet for me to go and listen. And I didn't say much at first. Or sort of a minute. And, um, and I didn't say much, and I just listened. And so then I started to go to a Tuesday night Mount Washington meeting. And that Alateen group was awesome. And every group that I went to, I learned something a little bit different and I would meet new people every time, and it was awesome. So I went to this Tuesday night Mount Washington meeting, and through them I went to Comiac in 2014, and it was amazing. I had a great time. I met so many new people, and I'm pretty awkward at first around new people. I think that Alateens probably picked up on that when I went to the little pizza party. I was just sitting there like, oh, my God, they're going to hate me. They're going to hate me, and I didn't say much, and I was really, like, reserved. So I was really awkward, but... Um, I went with a few of the Alateen girls that went to that Tuesday night meeting, and it was awesome. And I remember we did this thing where they'd split us up. They'd put everybody in a giant circle, and they'd go one, two, and they'd split us up into group one and group two. And group one would go in the middle of the circle, and group two would stay on the outside, and they'd dim the lights, and they'd play really sad music. And then group two had to walk around and hug group one, but group one had to close their eyes, and they couldn't hug you back. Now, you probably... I thought, like, this isn't emotional, like, this, what is this going to do? But it is, and everybody was crying. Every single person in that room was bawling their eyes out. I mean, it didn't matter who you were. Like, I, I was there with a lot of, like, older teenagers. Every single one of them was crying. And then I was crying. It was a mess, but it was awesome. And I still think back to that. And whenever I hear um, a song that they played, I just think of, oh, hey, they played this at Comiac. We did this. And it was a great experience, and I would love to go back at some point. And then I almost slept through the wake-up call. <laughs> um, but then um, the Tuesday night meeting kind of ran in with my volleyball schedule, so I slowly kind of stopped going to that meeting. So then I went to the um, Friday night meeting, and the Friday night Alateen group. And that meeting was good. I went there for a while. And then that meeting kind of, like, kids slowly stopped coming. So then I went into the Al-Anon group, and it was terrifying. I was the only younger person with a bunch of older people. I'm not going to lie. At first I thought you guys were old. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I'm in this room with old people. They're going to tell me what to do. They're going to, I don't know. I don't know why I was so scared of you guys. Um... But I went anyway. And the chairperson for the Alateen group, I don't know if this is true, but I think I went in and asked her if I could sit next to her. And she said, yeah. So I sat next to her. And at first, I thought I had to listen and do everything they told me. They were like the gospel. I had, if, they told, if they said something, I had to do it because it was going to work. Um turns out that wasn't necessarily true. You can take what you like and leave the rest. Um, So yeah, I went in and I sat there and 
I think it's funny because me and my sponsor were recently talking about how the Alateen group there, and she said, you talked a lot. And I said, what? She said, I would sit there while you were talking and think, is she going to take a breath? And I was like, I thought I was quiet. I thought I was an angel. Apparently I wasn't. And now, like, she said that, and then it kind of started to hit me that I did talk a lot. (laughs) But it was a plug. It was an outlet. They listened to what I had to say, no matter how much I talked. (laughs) So I went in there, and I kept going. Because, I don't know, I think I've always done a little better with and around, like, older people, maybe because I've been around them more that I just felt more comfortable there a little bit. I mean, I felt comfortable with Alatine, but then you're with these more experienced people, and you kind of get the whole shebang in a way. And, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so I went. Um, I later asked the person I asked to sit next to to be my sponsor, and I was terrified. I put that off for a long time. I'm not going to lie to you. I did. I would... My mom, I told her, I think I was, I was like, I think I'm going to ask her. And she'd go, okay. And I'd get in there, and then I'd get scared, and I'd be like, I didn't do it. I didn't ask her. And she'd be like, okay, just do it next week. And then I went in, and I was talking to my mom, and I was like, I think tonight's the night. And her husband came in, and she was like, or her husband came in, and he was like, I think tonight's the night. You're going to do it. And I was like, okay. And then I went in, and I did it, and she said yes. And I was like, thank God. I thought she was going to say no. And she has helped me through so much, even though I don't always work my program the way that I know I probably should. But she's very forgiving. This is a very forgiving program, so that's a bonus. And um, so, you know, I just she's helped me with so much, with so, like, Recently, just, and, and I've learned so much in these rooms, more than I think I know. How, like, um, my dad, he met this woman, and I didn't like her at all. Literally. She's horrible. She was horrible. She still kind of is. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, she was really um, bitter. And I would go there, and I wouldn't feel welcome in my own home that I grew up in, you know. She hated our dog. She was constantly trying to change things, like, this wall should be painted this, and I want to change this room, and it was awful. And um, so, and I didn't know how to deal with that. I've never had, I mean, I didn't like any of my dad's girlfriends, but this one especially was horrible. And um, because, you know, I was like, I'm his girl. Back off. So, you know, um, and I didn't know how to deal with her because she was so difficult to get along with. And still, no one really likes her, but we've learned to deal with her, I guess. And um, I used to think that the only way to deal with that is to get angry and not talk about things because you should know what I'm thinking because you know me. You know how I act. You know everything about me. You can read my mind. Turns out that's not the case. Um, Communication is key when you want to try and fix something, I guess. So I would talk to Pauline, and I talked to her about it. She said, maybe you should try to talk to your dad. And I was like, 
And I did. And that kind of caused him more problems because he, he wasn't, he didn't listen. I feel like he wasn't listening to what I was saying. And I have so much wisdom, you know, <laughs> listen to me. I'm telling you, you should break up with her. Do it. You know, I know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm at the time, I'm 15. I'm an adult. No, I'm not. So, um, you know, I continued to try and talk to him. And no matter how much I felt like I was trying, I just felt like it wasn't working. And eventually, I worked through that with the help of my sponsor and with the help of these rooms. I worked through that, and I made it today. And they recently got married. <laughs> yeah, right? And... um. <laughs> And I was so dreading this because of all of the issues that we've had, all of the things that we've gone through. I was so dreading this moment. And I remember I woke up. We stayed the night at her mom's. And I was nervous anyway. But I woke up that morning and I said, I'm going to have fun. And I did. I had a blast. I had so much fun. I danced. I kept going outside because I was sweating so much. Like, I had so much fun, and she came up to me and said, thank you for being a part of this. It means a lot. And I was like, you have a heart? Whoa. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But she did. She came up, and she said, thank you for being a part of this. It really means a lot to me and your dad. And I said, thanks for wanting me to be a part of this. And um, I had such a good time, and it was because I made that decision that I wasn't going to be bitter about it, you know? And without the rooms, I wouldn't have done that. I would have been rude and nasty and horrible. I was horrible. And, um, you know, like I said, I think this program has helped me so much more than I know because instead of holding on, I can let go. And um, it's hard. You know, they say let go and let God, but sometimes I let go and I'm like, wait, can I have that back? And I take it back. And I try to figure out how I can solve my problems, how I can, you know, fix this without having to let it go. And it usually doesn't ever work. Um, But, you know, like, good example of this. Um, Around February, two of my closest friends, I had been through so much with them. We kind of started to drift apart, and the situation just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I didn't know what to do. Like, these are my two best friends. I didn't want to have to stop being friends with them. But they've done a lot that I didn't really realize in the past. Um, Constantly, like, lying and (coughs) not being there and being real rude. Like, the one girl, she would bring up things that she knew bothered me, mainly about my dad, and try to, like, top that. She always had to have one thing on me. Like, you know, my dad has worked on cars. My uncle's worked on cars since they were little. And her dad is a mechanic, and she'd say, you know, that's what you are when you're the mechanic's daughter. And I was like, you know, my dad's a mechanic, too. You know, he's just in Cleveland. He can't work on my car. He can't work on a car for me right now. You know what I mean? And she'd be like, yeah, well, you know, my dad, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I cannot deal with you sometimes. And so, you know, I didn't know what to do because I didn't want to not be friends with them, but I knew that, If I was friends with them, it was going to be hurting me. And so I 
um, tried to find a way to fix that. Didn't work. And I found a way to detach with the help of my sponsor. So I was able to detach from those situations, and now I know my boundary. Because we're in school together again, and I have classes with them. I actually sit next to them in, like, a few of my classes. It's really awkward, but we talk, and we're friendly to each other. But I know that I cannot go past that friendly stage, you know? And um, so, like, I... Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, so, you know, um, like, I, you just, I don't know, this program has done so much for me. And um, some, it's still difficult sometimes, you know, um, just because my mom's sober and in the program, sometimes that still means she's really grumpy. <laughs> sometimes she's uh, difficult to deal with. But I, we talk about it. We always talk about things, and that's really nice. It's, communication is, like I said, it's key. And sometimes that's hard because sometimes I just want my mom to be my mom. You know what I mean? I don't want the program sometimes, but I know that's what I get because she's in the program, and I'm grateful. But sometimes it's still hard to always have the program, you know? <sighs> I don't even, it's just, I don't know. This program has done a lot, and I know I keep saying that, but I can't say it enough. And um, I don't know. We were talking about it, and uh, we were talking about what I was going to say uh, recently because I, I was panicking before <laughs> I was giving this lead. I was like, oh, my God. Like the whole, like, I knew, and I was like a month beforehand. I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to say? And then I started panicking, and we just talked about it, and she said, I think you, this program helps you more than you know. And then we started talking about why. And she said, because when your coach, my coach recently over the summer, I was at my dad's. And she messaged me and was like, I don't know what's going on with you, but blah, 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 blah. And she was like basically telling me something that I knew was true, that she was trying to claim was a lie. And I was like, there are witnesses. I don't know what you're arguing with me for. I'm 16. Go away. So she was arguing with me. And I, my mom was on the phone while this was going on, and I was just crying because I was so mad. You know, how, why, she knows my situation. She's been my coach since middle school. Why is she telling me that, like, I'm going to get cut from the team? Like, what's going on? And I, my mom was just like, you should send this. Like, she was just real angry, too, but she was like, you should say this, this, and this. And I was like, no, I'm going to respond respectfully, responsibly, because I don't want to, like, not be able to get on the team. And this coach is still causing problems with everyone on the team, and instead of just yelling, like I, I often say this to her, but I don't because I know if I do what the consequences are. And I love the sport I play. I love volleyball. But sometimes I think, is this worth it? This coach makes me think that this isn't worth it. Should I continue to do this? Should I continue to put myself through this? And I do. Because I want to be the one who makes my decisions. I want to not, I don't want to give up something that I love just because she thinks she can control everything on the freaking planet. You know? <laughs> and, um, I don't know, you know, so, just, <laughs> um, oh, yeah, 
Um, sorry, <laughs> I had a little help there. I kind of blanked for a second. Um, working on the steps. Um, I have not actually finished all. I am still on step two. I finished it, uh, but we have to talk about it, and then so I can move on. And at first, I didn't get the steps. I didn't want to work on them because I didn't think I had to. I thought I mastered them all. So I was like, these, I know what they are. But there's more to them. And they are helpful, and I've seen how they help other people, and I've seen the effect that they've had. And um, does that mean I still do them on time? No. But I see it, and I'm like, oh, that looks cool. But then I don't do it, so, you know, that says more about me than anything, I guess. Um, but, yeah, the steps and the slogans. I use the slogans at least 15 times every day. Maybe let go and let God. Talked about that. Um, one step at a time. Man, my sponsor told me, or she said in a meeting, you know, your head and your feet have to be in the same place. You can't be all the way over there while your feet are still here. You can't do that. And I was like, wow, what a, you know, awakening for me. <laughs> like, I don't have to think about a month in advance. I can just stay here right now and worry about it when we get to it. Like, whoa, who would have thought, you know? Um, step at a time and slogans have helped me so much. And man, just this program, it's awesome. And uh, man, I don't know. I'm just real grateful to be here and see all y'all and the crowd and be telling the story. I don't know. I'm, it's just getting kind of awkward at this point for me. I feel like I'm running out of things. <laughs> I talked a lot, and now it's kind of like, oh, where did I go from here? <sighs> so, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's all. Thanks. <laughs>